Triple cross. How are we doing? We're back at it now. Uh, looks like it might be a solo show today. We'll see if we get some other hosts jumping on here shortly. Uh, but hey, before we get into all of it, we're going to open the show the way we normally do with a little opening video. Receiver screen, good play, big play, and in for the touchdown. And Turner looks for the deep left field. Ranging back is Profar, and it's a one nothing start for the Dodgers. Second batter of the game, and the Dodgers take a one nothing lead. Triple Cross, I am here today, if no one else is. Casey's here to bring you the football news that you've been dying to hear. Uh, we cannot have a football episode this week without touching on, by far, the most important topic. That would be Damar Hamlin and the Monday night game. Um, unprecedented as far as I've seen uh, viewing football. I know there's some other cases, you know, similar sort of seriousness uh way back in the past but this is unlike anything i've seen in my years of watching football uh definitely been a long time since there's any, anything near this severe going on um and there's a whole lot of topics around this and i think that's kind of like in bad taste a lot of it i just want to make sure that anybody out there knows that from the triple cross podcast we want to give our support send thoughts and prayers uh to damar and his family and the whole Bills community, everybody who's affected by this. Uh, it's truly, like I said, unprecedented. You don't really know how to feel other than it just makes you sick when you see something like that. I personally did not catch this incident live. Um, I did see it shortly after I received a text. I was actually heading back from a wedding um, uh, that weekend. And maybe I was just kind of getting my uh, my regular weekday legs back under me. But I saw a text and had to check out what had happened. And I did not know what I was getting myself into. Um, appeared to be somewhat routine tackle. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to speculate on what this injury could be. Uh, but first and foremost, at the top of this show, I wanted to make sure that we touch on this because it, we just do not want to you know, glance over this uh, with no deeper thought involved. So to Damar, to his family, to everyone, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you. I do know a little bit that his uh, his charity has really popped off here. Uh, last I saw, it was over five million. When I think the goal was, you know, below one million or around one million, something like that. Um, I wish I knew more about that, but please go find that charity and donate. I will probably drop that link into the show description after this episode is over. Um, and besides that, you know, th we're doing a playoff picture uh, segment on this episode. Um, that's obviously going to impact the playoff picture, those being two playoff teams, but you know, the, there is no real silver lining here, but both of those teams are heading to the playoffs either way. And I think at this point, anybody near that football field or really anybody in the world, uh, is just happy to, uh, to know that those teams don't need to worry about that stuff right now. They're not, they're not in this, like win it to get in kind of mode. they, both teams were happy to exit that field. I, don't, I can't imagine anybody wanted to play that game. I am not going to dwell on this topic because, like I said, I'm not a doctor. And those are the people who should really be talking about his status right now. What I am going to talk about on this episode are the NFL yearly awards. We are going to look at the MVP race. We are going to look at Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, Comeback Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. If you've ever seen an episode of our podcast before, you know that I am a Niners fan and I am excited to talk these awards because there's quite a few Niners uh, in contention for these awards. So obviously there's still another week to be played of football, but uh, it's looking OK for my team uh, to maybe get themselves a couple of award winners on the team, which uh, I think is well deserved. 
So we're going to make sure we touch a little bit on everybody today, not just the Niners. Uh, feel free to drop comments into the show as we go, as this is the first solo show that we've done on this uh, channel. Um, could use a little extra audience participation, but hey, if not, I'll try to keep the show rolling anyway. So first up, I'm going to share my screen here so you can see what I'm looking at because I had to share these visuals. MVP odds. So these are all really cool visuals, I think. Uh, these are betting lines on who will win MVP. And I'm going to have this graph for each one of the awards we're looking at today. Uh, and this really tells the, the story here. Uh, the main thing you need to know, if you look at this uh, furthest week here, January 3rd, this was updated yesterday, so very recent. I should, should be very accurate. Obviously, obviously, there's no football played since then. Um, you can see that Mahomes is the favorite to win it now. But it's kind of cool to see the arc here, how he was not always, I mean, he's always been right there at the top, but it's been close. And it looks like he's really emerging from the pack here. Uh, the rest of the pack being Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts mostly. Um, Justin Jefferson, though, got to give my guy some credit. Uh, JJ has been the one guy, the one non-quarterback position guy who is really, he's been killing it. You know, I mean, he's had some monster games. You can tell when those happened. Uh, because uh, you want to be further down on this graph if you don't understand the betting world. That's okay. You just need to know that the further down you are, right here, this dot is Mahomes. Right now, uh, as of yesterday, he's the uh, uh, minus 675 to win. So uh, he is a pretty heavy favorite at this point with one game left to be played. Uh, the rest of that pack, really tight. Um, it, you know, I think as it gets this close, it really becomes clear on a lot of these words, but I don't want to spoil it before we get there, but some of these awards are for sure still up for grabs, and it's very, very, very close. Uh, but like I said, so Justin Jefferson's not going to win this award in all likelihood, but you got to call out the non-QB guys too because, honestly, I don't love that the uh, the MVP has turned into just whoever the best quarterback is. Um, so that that's basically the summation of the MVP race at the moment. So... It's looking likely that it'll be Mahomes. He's having a great year. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, the Niners and the Chiefs played each other in the Super Bowl. I was a little bitter that we lost that Super Bowl. I'm honestly hoping for a Super Bowl rematch with them so that we can beat them this time around. Uh, but all credit does go to Mahomes here. He is deserving. He's got the stats to back it up. And team success does matter in the MVP discussion, as do as it does in all these awards, if you ask me. So... Uh, great seasons by Josh Allen, of course. I think he's one of the best. Um, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the game, one of the most talented. But uh, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, another young quarterback who's had some great success already, but he's also having a very, very good year. Jalen Hurts really emerged onto the scene this year. This is the first year of huge significance for him, and it's amazing that he is in the MVP talk. So well done just to be in this conversation at all. It looks like I do have one of my Triple Cross co-hosts jumping in with me. This will not remain a solo show. I don't know what his availability will be, but I'm going to give myself a little drum roll. We have none other than Triple Cross John. Hey, buddy. How you doing? What's up? What's up? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. All right. Good. I wasn't sure. I'm not, I don't have my mind. up all by yourself, huh? Yeah, I don't. I, yep, all by myself. I learned how earphones or AirPods work. A boy, proud of you. It was a tough um, one. <laughs> I don't know how long you've been uh, been able to listen, John, but we're talking a little awards this this episode. Um, only started with the MVP odds so far. Um, did you have anything to add? Did you hear what I was talking about? Um, did you have any questions yeah. about this graph before we move forward? No, I mean honestly, I kind of like you were saying. I I feel like it's it's kind of become this like uh, let's pick a quarterback thing. You know what I mean? So I kind of dig, kind of dig the Justin Jefferson, you know, take. I mean, obviously I'm a Vikings fan, so. Yeah, I, I thought like, you well, might you like know. that, honestly. Um, <laughs> but he is, he is on pace for like a really incredible year. Like, I mean, and he's only a couple weeks, really two, two regular season games, right? Away from potentially leading the league in receiving yards. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty incredible year. He We've set seen... the Vikings... He set the Vikings org record, which is insane. I mean, Randy Moss was in his prime a Viking. Chris Carter. I mean, yeah. lots, of, lots of great receivers there in that history. Um, and Justin Jefferson is right there. What's scary to me is that he's 
still pretty young, man. I mean, he could continue yep. to do this for a few more years for, for sure. Minute. Yep. At the least. And that, uh, that's all right, with so, the that's even splitting touches with like an incredible run threat there too, you know. That's true. That's true. And you know, every year there's questions about his cousins really like that guy. Um, well, it seems like he might be for Justin Jefferson, honestly. So yeah. he can so credit where credit's due there. there. All right, moving on to honestly, probably the one I'm most excited to talk about, uh, because it's one of my favorite players who's leading this race. We have defensive player of the year top contenders these are the odds for them and you can see a lot more movement on this graph than the one before it was kind of like three guys kind of remaining similar one guy kind of jumping around in there and then one guy up the top you're just happy to see on the graph at all uh this one honestly tells a longer story probably than we can get into with all the different uh movement here but let's start forward or from now backwards i guess um right now leading the race is Nick Bosa. We had this conversation on the podcast on one of our live episodes. Uh, well, that was what last week, I guess last uh, Thursday when we streamed the uh, Cowboys Titans game. Uh, hey, if you happen to like to rewatch old football games, go ahead and pop that on your TV and pop our, uh, our live stream on uh, your cellular device or your laptop. Watch along with it. We had a pretty good time. We ate some hot wings uh, based off some bets we made during the game. I mean, people I watch won't... ESPN classics. So, you know, it's a good point. I don't know if I would call that a classic game, though. I I think our stream was a classic, though. Right, that was a classic. But the game itself, maybe just watch the stream. Yeah, I won't take any longer shamelessly plugging a past episode of a live stream. Uh, But (laughs) we did talk about this a bit on that episode. And I kind of told you who I thought was leading the race a little bit. We mentioned three out of these five guys. It's really become a two-guy race. You can see here, as of last week, Bosa and Micah Parsons were essentially even here. They become one dot on this graph. Uh, when I hover, kind of gets covered up. So I don't want to like block the view of anybody who's trying to see here. Um, we're looking at sporting betting uh, dime, sportsbettingdime.com, by the way, uh, if you are curious to look this up on your own. Um, you can see earlier on in the year, kind of back here in November, even earlier, anything could happen at that point. Uh, we had different guys in the race. Uh, we had Miles Garrett in here as, as recent as November. Uh, those guys have kind of fallen off. You want to be down on this chart, like I said, and these guys are just shooting upward. But really, I think it's because the other guys relatively are proving themselves as standouts. And then even yeah. this last week, um, Nick Bosa, I think for the first time in over a month, he did not register a sack, but he did essentially force the uh, the pressure that caused he, – he literally pushed – the left tackle into the quarterback causing the interception that sealed the last game for the Niners, which I mean, that's as big an impact plays you're going to get. So um, I think that's what makes him stand out here. Uh, Micah Parsons, obviously don't want to not give him his due. He's an electric linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. We saw him make quite a few good plays on that stream that we were referencing earlier. Um, John, how do you feel about any of these guys? Nick Parsons, Mike Bosa, Chris Jones, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett. Anybody else stand out to you here that you really want to mention? I no, I I would be interested in like if we pulled out the top to the top ten. I don't know if that loads instantly or not or whatever. But like just if there's anyone who kind of like deserves an honorable mention for like, hey, they had a a good year for them. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I do think it's like it's it's Bosa or Parsons, honestly. Like. Yeah, I forgot to mention I did have uh, something set up for this, John. I'm looking at a, a show guideline so that I keep myself on track. I didn't know if I'd have anybody gotcha. with me, so go ahead and take a look at that. Uh, that could that yeah. might be able to give you some context of how I expected this show to go. Yeah, the um, D, the D boy. Okay, the D boy, the boy, D P O Y. Oh, D boy. Sorry, I thought you called mm. me like a like a D boy. I'm like I don't know what that means, but I think yeah, I'll take that as yeah. a sign. Of no, it's a new. It's like a new field insult, you know, like all the kids are saying it. can't believe you haven't heard it, honestly. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I hadn't heard it if it was real. So, uh, okay, that's D-P-O-Y. Yeah, no, I, guess- I, I don't really I don't really see anyone else who I would, like, call out, right? Like Jack Marius Tactarius, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> we did mention um, Max Crosby, I think, with Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa on that stream that we talked about. And I even mentioned it on yeah. there, and this chart kind of like brings what I said to life because that was obviously only here where they had Max Crosby way up here already. Um, I, I guess my my take on it then, and I'll stand by it, is that when a team 
kind of has nothing else to root for when you're kind of like not looking like you're making the playoffs when your franchise quarterback is getting benched for a younger guy. Uh, you know, when it, your franchise, I'm not going to say they're in shambles, but they're definitely in a, in a state of flux, state of transition. Um, when you have nothing else to get excited about, you try to get excited about your best players and what could possibly happen for them. Uh, and Max Crosby is a bright spot on that team. So credit where credit's due. And Miles Garrett, Chris Jones, I didn't mention him much. Uh, he is a defensive lineman on the Chiefs. Uh, again, another sore spot. He made some great plays against my guys in the Super Bowl. So, you know, great job, man. But also take it easy if we end up playing you in the Super Bowl, please. All right, I'll get this other one loaded up here. Next up, honestly, another one I'm very excited about. A guy very near and dear to my heart. Probably the coolest looking graph, too, if I had to pick one out. I mean, even even if I weren't biased already, this is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I want to get your take on this one as well, John. We have Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, (laughs) this this looks very different than the other graphs for one reason. (laughs) We have a guy... Who is right in the thick of it? There's it looks like it's really close, really all overall. Uh, but there's three guys kind of leading the pack, two guys kind of falling off. But one of the guys in that that front pack, nobody even had him on the radar until December sixth, and even then, kind of just comes in. But he has actually made progress towards being the front runner every week, which you cannot say about anybody else on this graph. They all kind of go up and down. That man is Brock Purdy, the starting now quarterback uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. This guy just kind of continues to prove it every week. And, uh, I mean, if he continues to go down, he's going to take the lead in this, I think. I mean, unless somebody else does something incredible. It's really a three-man race between Ken Walker, Garrett Wilson, Brock Purdy. Um, I'll highlight those guys real quick. Purdy, like I said, uh, he's in third place right now, according to this site. He's the quarterback. For the San Francisco 49ers, um, he's actually the only quarterback uh, in those top three. So he's getting a little bit of that QB positional love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Wilson in second place. He's had a rough go of it, man. He is a Jet, which uh, we've talked about the Jets quite a bit this season on this show. Um, we, yeah. we know they have a bit of a quarterback carousel there. They've had three starting quarterbacks this year. I mean, I can't imagine a rookie having a harder time to an award than having to work with three different guys, especially when none of them are none of them are great. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to speak lightly about any of these guys. But I mean, you got. Right. Joe, I'll just name them: Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, and Mike White. Well, Say what you will about. Let's be clear. We know Joe Flacco isn't great. Like I you think want a we Super can Pretty confidently plan our flag in the fact that Joe Flacco is like not great. He's not like a great QB. He's passable, yeah. right? He can he's he can kind of take care of the ball, you know. He's also past his prime. Um, I will say this for Wilson too. Another thing, just to his credit, because like I said, it's a raw deal. I mean, most years, if he had just like one, even just mediocre quarterback all the way through the season, they're developing chemistry. He probably runs away with this, in my opinion. The only other receiver on this list is Christian Watson, which is this guy doing the other kind of J action here, uh, reverse yeah. J, I guess action. Other, what about um, that? What happened there? Yeah, so he had this insane run. I mean, he he was a, a pretty high-profile uh, guy coming out of the draft. Went to a what everybody assumed would be a really great team this year in the Packers with what everybody assumed would be a really great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Um, there's been a lot of talk around that. I'm not going to get into whether or not they're a great team or Rodgers is still a great quarterback, uh, but he's definitely been looking like a great quarterback lately and they have been looking like a great team. They're on a tear, and it kind of sparked during this breakout by Watson. They kind of were just missing a weapon for Rodgers to go to, and Watson became that guy. He went on some crazy run. I don't want to get it wrong. I don't have all the stats pulled up, but I want to say over the course of like one month, he scored something like six touchdowns. I mean, and I don't think he had much of anything going on before that. You can see he really fell out of favor early uh, and then right back into favor. So he's he's in uh, fifth place now. He's probably not going to be able to pull it off, but um, it just goes to show you, like, he's had a future, a first ballot guaranteed Hall of Fame quarterback with him all season. And he's a he's one of the fastest, like largest receivers that to come out of the draft. Uh, insane prototypical receiver, a great athlete, have nothing bad to say about him. He deserves to be where he is in this race. But it just highlights mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson to me, like, man, like he 
to have Aaron Rodgers for a whole season and kind of fall out and barely get back into the race. I mean, Garrett Wilson stuck in there with the QB carousel going on. So, again, props to both those guys. But Garrett Wilson really had the deck stack against him. Um, And then the two Kennys here to to wrap it up. we got Kenny Pickett, the other quarterback on this list. Um, Really, really does show you the contrast there with Purdy, how he just kind of slingshotted. Slingshot? What's the the past tense of slingshot? Slingshot? Slingshot. Slingshotted. Slingshotted. He got got slung uh, right on past uh, Kenny Pickett, who uh, that area of the country was very excited about to have uh, that guy on their squad and be the the future, be the starting quarterback. He didn't start the whole season, so similar to Purdy in that way, but he had a ton more games, ton more playing time. And to see my guy Purdy rock it right past Pickett, who's had a a, definitely at least a fine, a good borderline. Let's leave it a good a good rookie season as a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Um, good to see that guy on there. I'm glad this isn't just five quarterbacks. The last Ken to talk about is Kenneth Walker, another division rival, um, at least historically, uh, to my team on the Seattle Seahawks. Kind of filled a void that they've really been needing uh, over recent years, You know, maybe even since the Marshawn Lynch days. Uh, Ken Walker coming in, Ken Walker the third, that is. Uh, yeah comes in and he is now pretty securely that number one guy in the backfield. And he, you know, he was supposed to be the guy. And like most rookies kind of takes a while to come on super, super uh, intense. Uh, but he did eventually uh, usurp that backfield. I know you're, you're getting into the, the game of Thrones <laughs> universe lately and uh, usurp is kind of the, well, the, it was a, the month. But. It was off yeah. of a injury. Was it Rashad Penny injury or? Yeah, which yeah. is something so, that he struggled with his whole career. So, and he's and yeah, and and but but Ken, Kenneth Walker the third. I don't know what he goes by, you know. So I'll just use his whole name. I, I've heard he goes by Kenneth Ken Walker really, III. but like the the official name sometimes gets like it gets Ken, ahead of like yeah. what the player wants, and it's just out of control. So okay, all right. So Kenny three, he uh, he was already sharing touches. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just take a a non Homer opinion here. Cause I know you have the Homer opinion that Brock Purdy. Let's see. Let you like, let's go. Hopefully he's the guy, let's right? Go. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use an actually an what I feel is an intellectually consistent opinion for you. And this is the exact conversation we had about the MVP race in the NBA. And that is that like, okay, is Joel Embiid really, should he really be that high when he missed like three or four weeks? Should Zion Williamson really be that high when he missed four or five weeks? Now, obviously, it's not Brock Purdy's fault. He missed all that time. But, like, I think extra points goes to the guy who's been there all season, especially a running back, especially when he was already getting touches, and then now he's got to take all the touches. Uh, and, like, on a team that basically every thought one thought was just going to suck, and they, like, kind of don't, right? Like, they're not bad. They're not great. They're not bad. They're not as bad as everyone thought they were going to be, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, get, give, me, give me Kenny three for this one. Yeah, you know, one more week still to play. I think, honestly, when it's um, regular season, right? If Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy could go a long way in the offseason, that'd be very, very impressive. But this is a regular season award, correct? Correct. Yeah, and that does matter. Um, we want to make sure we're looking at the right criteria. Um, I will say this about the point you made: a little different than like uh, an already established superstar. I mean, obviously, right. he, you know, he, maybe he struggled with injuries a little bit in Embiid. Uh, but like I said, all these rookies, except for maybe Wilson. Um, they all have had a, a role that hasn't, whether or not they were in or out of the game, they've all had roles that have increased over, over right. the season. Um, excuse yeah. me. And Purdy himself, it's, it's one of those things where he, you know, again, not to just be a homer, but opportunity came knocking and there's a bunch of rookies, a bunch of young guys who have had a shot at this point in the year. It's taken something like truly, just outlier, let's say. I'm not going to say great. I'm not going to say he's the next Joe Montana, but it's an outlier that a guy can even enter the race this late into the season without yeah. any playing time before that and come in. And, I mean, he hasn't lost a game in his NFL career. Just weird things you can state like that to shatter Tom Brady's, like, record against uh, first-time starters to to break the undefeated streak there. Just a lot of weird little things. Uh, being the QB3, not even being drafted to be the backup. Like, little stuff yeah. like that. Things that have shocked everybody all the way. That said, I kind of agree with think, you as it sits. It's yeah. Ken Walker right now. I think this is the right order 
Um, and I think I think really, Purdy, he deserves to be in the conversation, no doubt. I think it's down to. But those I think three Ken guys. Walker. But I think Ken Walker kind of deserves the award, honestly. Like, like to your point, like Christian Watson, he's had opportunity the whole year, and he just only mm-hmm. like could really realize his true potential starting here at November eighth. Um, so for that reason, I find it very hard for him to actually win the award. Same thing with Kenny right. Pickett. He's had a lot of opportunity throughout the season, and I mean, I think they even went back to Trubisky for a while. So can a guy get? benched and win the i mean maybe he was banged up a little bit but that's so like he said uh, she said with the like oh yeah he nicked his ankle or something so we're sitting him back down because actually we just aren't sure if he's ready yet like there's a lot of that going on (laughs) um i think it's a three-man race at this point um i know we're running a little long on the offensive rookie talk here guys sorry Uh, but this one's very interesting it's very close in my opinion it's still totally up for grabs at least between those three guys and it's interesting it's three different positions the three uh positions that you would expect being talked about um so they're all represented in a different way and uh to whoever wins it uh congrats i think it's i think it's uh it's closer than these numbers make it seem because uh let's take purdy out of the equation if garrett wilson goes off for 200 yards in in two touchdowns in the next game uh he should win it, I think. You know, that would be Ken outlier. Does that. Yeah. Yeah. That exactly. would be outlier performance, even for Garrett Wilson, even on the streak that he's on. Absolutely. So, yeah. If Ken Walker, it, like, then. really is that. I mean, if Ken Walker puts up a big game, I think nobody can pass him. Uh, but likewise, mm-hmm. if, if Garrett Wilson and Ken Walker fail to put up like 100 all purpose yards or something, don't score any touchdowns or only score one touchdown, maybe. Uh, and Brock Purdy, you know, just keeps doing Brock Purdy things and he puts up like, you know, 250 300 yards and he throws for three touchdowns or something i think he maybe pulls ahead here and steals the award that's just my take on it it's kind of home it's kind of homerish but i was trying to take the bias out of it i think he really has a shot if he plays a great game he he and he has the best he's a one a quarterback and two a quarterback with weapons that can get him those numbers even if he's not great like i think he's good right i'm not saying he's not but even if he weren't great, he has teammates who can get him really great numbers, right? Like and, he can and, throw a, a pass in the, in the flats to Christian McCaffrey and he'll house it, you know, like, yeah. And that's five yards. Pass. You never know. Right. So it, 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 like Brock Purdy is poised to like, and, and also because he's a quarterback, he gets to piggyback on a win, right? Like a win he kind of gets to take responsibility for. So he's probably like on the trajectory to pass them, but that's just in my opinion. I think like I think Ken Ken Walker deserves the award just for what he's been all season. I I totally get where you're coming from. The last thing I'll say about it, then we're moving on, is that we do only count the regular season for these awards. They don't uh, vote on them immediately after the season. So yeah. you kind of know that some stuff can leak in, maybe even if officially they're only supposed to look at certain things. And I will say that if even just if the Niners win their game, which um, I think it's. They're playing the Cardinals. We'll get to matchups in a minute. Uh, but they're playing the Cardinals. It's a game that they should win by all accounts. Not not the the bias take here. That's what you would expect. Or the yes. odds-on yeah. favorite to win. They're trying to win. They're not. They, they care about this last game of the season. It matters to them. Um, if they win, and Brock Purdy can be an undefeated guy, lead the, and the story I think builds, and I think that does lend him a little more favor as the the kind of narrative marinates for a couple more weeks. You know, obviously he's got the, he's got the momentum in the race. So as long yeah. <laughs> barring something negative happening to him, you know, maybe even if all three of these guys put up a pretty average game and their trajectory just continues, I wouldn't be surprised again, the QB favoritism. I wouldn't be surprised that's if the NFL why, hands it to him. That's yeah. what I mean. So, I, th- I think that if, if all of them have just average games, then he might win it. It absolutely could happen. Um, I wouldn't want to see it happen that way. I'd, I'd want, honestly, I'd want to see whoever wins that out. one. It being so tight, exactly. I'd like to see somebody really put their foot in the ground and just take off running with it. You know, yeah. Um, no and, matter and who. To it your is, point, honestly. to your point, Niners Cardinals. It's not homerdom. They are a nine and a half point, nine and a half point favorite. So yeah, game uh, they should win for sure. Definitely, definitely. All right, moving on now um, to the other side of uh that similar type of award we have here defensive rookie of the year and i gotta be honest with you i i pay attention to a lot of football um probably the most out of anybody on our show um i'll just hand myself that title why not 
And as I was looking at this, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't look at every graph and narrative. I just kind of, you know, I was already looking at a couple of these, like, Hey, we should do a show around this. Just started pulling up each one that I wanted to make sure we included. And then when I looked at this, uh, I just went straight here and was like, Ahmad Gardner. Like what? Like, like I know everybody here. Like who's Ahmad Gardner? Oh, he doesn't go by Ahmad. This is sauce Gardner. I got lost in the sauce on that one. Um, this guy also plays for the jets, uh, super high draft capital. I, I would say um, at least a top three candidate uh, at his position coming into the NFL draft. Um, but I think the top one, uh, honestly, I think most people would say that. Um, there's a couple other guys in the conversation. Um, there's some straight up ballers here in this already. Like uh, defense, I love, honestly. I think I'm a little more defensive minded in general about sports. Um, but this one is a runaway race, in my opinion. This guy has shown out. I don't have the stats in front of me, but if you've watched the Jets play at all, right? Like we're talking about, we've been talking about the Jets being in contention. Honestly, they were sitting in a playoff spot for most of the season. If you were saying the season ended today, I mean, it was only a, a week or maybe two weeks ago. I think it was last week that they actually got eliminated from the playoffs when most people expected them to go for most of the season um, because they, they were playing pretty good and it didn't matter who played quarterback. One of the reasons is because the defense was playing so good and a shutdown corner can do that for a defense this guy is one of those guys immediately in his rookie season qbs don't want to throw the ball his way um so this one um let's see let's just make sure i don't get any of these guys wrong uh right now off the top of my head roger mccreary is escaping me uh i can't remember where he is let me look it up so that i can give him his flowers as well but everybody else i definitely know See Roger McCreary, another uh, another cornerback. Oh, he's on the Titans. Okay, gotcha. So we were probably watching McCreary in that game that we were uh, streaming <laughs> as well, John. Uh, which yeah. we actually, I mean, Kevin Byer was a hero in that of, game. There were a lot of Titans not playing, so who knows if we were watching them? That's but. true. That's true. But he was probably <laughs> a guy who benefited from that, if I'm guessing. Uh, but like Kevin yeah. Byard was the hero of that game for Tennessee, at least with two picks against a guy like Dak Prescott. And I think anybody with like any football Q, f- football IQ at all knows that the de- uh, the defensive secondary really the whole defense but like especially like positional groups like that the de- defensive secondary like all plays together you know like having yeah. uh you know in addition uh, one like pick is everyone's like pick exactly like just because the center field safety and Bayard on those plays where he uh he picked off Dak just because he's the one who ends up with the ball it's a team win. Like that doesn't happen if everybody's not doing their job. So a lot of those times it's tough for a corner, especially to break out because people look at one stat and that's picks and it's going to be tough, especially as a rookie to just show out and grab a bunch of picks. Like every once in a while we see a guy who can do it like in sauce Gardner. Uh, but you more often do see like the edge rusher guys like Aiden Hutchinson here on, uh, who's from the, uh, the lions, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who's on the giants. I mean, Thibodeau, I honestly expected to be right at the very top of this because he looks, he, he also like looks the part, like he looks electrifying. He's involved on all the big plays like during their games. And they're another team that hasn't really been killing it in recent like decades, you could say <laughs> almost <laughs> uh, not since like the Eli era, unless I'm mistakenly yeah. like forgetting some, right. <laughs> some great uh, Giants team since then. In uh, recent but- 10 years. Yeah, that team has turned around quite a bit. And again, it's a lot because that defense is playing its part. And the offense doesn't have to put up 40 points a game. A guy like Daniel Jones, all of a sudden you're like, hey, maybe he is an okay quarterback. A lot of people had question marks about that whole team. But just a couple pieces falling into the right spot. And a lot of times it's on defense, which a lot of people don't see as uh, as sexy as like the premier offensive positions. But a lot of times it can make all the difference. Difference. Um, then we have Woolen, another uh, cornerback. I think he was the fastest guy in the draft, so I always love the fast guys. Get those uh, get those guys in Madden. That's the cheat code is always just more speed. Uh, there's there's the two cents uh, for you. Uh, I think we've touched on everybody a little bit, but this one's a runaway. I think, uh, barring something absolutely incredible, uh, congratulations, Sauce Gardner, more than likely yeah. on this one. Uh, so we have two more that we'll be talking about, unless you wanted to say anything else about those guys, John. Nope. Next. Okay. Next up. Very cool. Uh, let's see here. It's funny. I shared my screen like three or four times already, and then I was like, wait, how do I do this again? 
Sometimes, you know, just like the dual thinking, you're like thinking, talking, and clicking. Thinking and talking at the same time is difficult, yeah. It can be tough. Okay, this one. NFL NFL comeback comeback player. player. Yep, exactly. So, again, another one with some crazy stuff. (laughs) Honestly, I want to know why on this one guys just appear on the graph instead of like shooting down (laughs) from the top. They just switch formats on us. I don't know why that is. Uh, right. I'm still going to assume that uh, SBD. Well, wait, so was was Christian McCaffrey about. injured last year? Can you give me context so, on why Christian McCaffrey yeah. is there literally week one? Like, yeah. So I'm um, yes. He, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a guy who's had injuries. I think last year he was uh, he he didn't play that many games. Uh, I can't remember how many he actually registered. I want to say only a handful. Um, you know, honestly, I care more about games of Christian McCaffrey post the trade than pre the trade. I yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, you weren't league. watching him with it when he was with the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously a premier player, but in a, especially in a, in a year where he gets injured, probably going to take a Panthers fan to know exactly what went down without doing special research, <laughs> which I maybe should have done. But hey, we're doing six categories just in one segment of the show. So I'm going to cut myself some slack here. But this one was the other one I wanted to highlight as a very, very, very tight race. I mean, we have three guys merging into one dot. Exactly, basically. And yeah. two guys you would expect. Saquon and McCaffrey being just hands down um, athletic-wise, like football IQ-wise, like game-changing ability-wise. They're two of the top, what, 10 like big difference makers, maybe like right. maybe take. I mean, I find it game. weird that they're even in the comeback like category. Yeah, and and it's all injury based. So this this is kind of a. Okay. I would say this this category is kind of like. There's some talk around like what is this even you know, right? But hey, because Geno Smith, I think is I think of as an incredible comeback story for this year. Exactly, he's but an Christian like CMC and Saquon. Stuff. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought of them as like comeback players i'm like i mean they were already here like they were here already you know and i, were, I again i don't want to like thought they weren't good totally and yeah. I, I don't want to like hate on guys who aren't on my team or anything but i think that's why geno smith is in the conversation is because it's more of what you think about when you think of a yeah. comeback story like his career looked over i mean right I, that's not me saying i think that's what most people would have said i mean he had a shot yeah, he, he a, said it yeah did he more or less i mean yeah like they wrote me off right that's that's true. He did say that he's got he's a creative writing uh, major or something. I think. Um, <laughs> anyway, that was a weird joke. Let's move on past that one. No, but he's yeah, not because he didn't write back, so he's not a creative. creative. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, he's all about the talk. Uh, but Gino, <laughs> I mean, if, if you if your take was Gino Smith deserves this more than the other guys, I would actually back that up. The difference is that's not really how the award has happened. Like yeah. it's not how it's been going. That's and I get why people don't like the direction it's going same thing when you say like why do quarterbacks always just win the mvp like i i agree with that take too kind of but yeah especially in a year where benefits one of my guys i'm like i mean we're we're not gonna just change it right now right like through through the lens we've been using so is this basically mvp for not quarterbacks you know what i mean like oh yeah we like never let non-quarterbacks into the mvp race so this is the award that we let him have. Like, you know this, what I'm saying? Like, more or less, you still need something from the past, at least the past season where you're battling back from, whether it's injuries or yeah. negative publicity. Like I would even go as far as to say next year, like, like Deshaun Wilson. Wilson could qualify for this. Deshaun could okay. qualify for this year, maybe next year too. Like those kinds of things. I mean, again, historically, I don't think that's really what the word award has was about, but it's what it's kind of become about. Like, just anybody who has to fight a certain amount of adversity that isn't just football. I think that's the best way to put this award. Okay. And by that description, you know, barring Nick Gates, who I'm going to be honest with you, John, I don't know who Nick Gates is. I, I probably should. <laughs> well, if don't you know. don't know, what do you expect from me? I don't know. But most people know Jared Goff, at least. And I would say Jared Goff is a pretty good comeback story. Nowhere near. Let's just compare him to Gino. Same position. Sort of similar type of career arc, maybe not even really. Uh, Gino's been more impressive, so I think that's our uh, our little like uh, litmus test here for like where the group is, and and I think that's that it's shaken out that way. I think this is going to be completely narrative based. Don't think stats are going to come into it all that much, yeah. other than those like 
those certain like cherry pick stats you can say were like, yeah, but he averaged like seven yards per carry or something. If you talk CMC about and Saquon Barkley are having incredible seasons and they're, they're incredible players. Uh, I would give this award. Like I feel like Geno Smith deserves this award. Honestly. I like, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with what he's been able to do with the season. Like kind of I am saved too. a career really. And kind of saved a franchise in some people's eyes because, right. you know, I don't know if everybody was on board with this, but honestly, I thought that the Seahawks were going to. Thought tank. they were just going to tank. Yeah, you know, it seemed like it. You know, but credit to them, they didn't. They they patchworked something together, and they made a guy like Geno Smith. You know, it's kind of a joke, kind of said tongue in cheek, but like Geno Smith for MVP kind of thing. That was that was yeah. talks like early in the season, even <laughs> MVPs out of the question. Uh, but comeback player of the year is not, and this is similar to that offensive rookie of the year category where. It's going to take a big game from one of these guys uh, to to emerge as the favorite, or the narratives will marinate, and whoever has the best narrative is just going to win out. Because it's not going to be, mm. oh, but he had 10 more yards than the other. That's not going to matter, I don't think. Uh, it's going to take yeah. a big game here or a narrative. And with that lens, I think that it you really tip your cap to McCaffrey in that way, because same thing with Brock Purdy. Um, we have a couple comments here from 49er Empire, bro. Definitely seen you on Bleacher Report. What's up? Uh, glad you got that and jumped in here trying to create a little uh community for ourselves. Always want more Niners fans into the Triple Cross community as well. So, yeah, glad to have you here. Feel free to uh weigh in on all of these and you'll get your your comment uh popped up on the screen here as long as it's a slow chat day. Um, and he also he thought Seattle was going to be dog water this year. I mean, glad we're all on the same page. Yeah, we we all hope for that in the Niners <laughs> fandom. Anyway, uh, they've I mean, I'll say it. They've been a thorn on our side for the last man couple de- uh, decade at least. Like ever since Russell Wilson came to town, right? Um, and we thought this was it, man. Russ is gone. They're just out of contention, and they are not. Uh, we're gonna get to that section in yeah. just a minute here, but uh, they're still in the hunt, believe it or not. So hey. Uh, talking balls podcast. You, I, I don't know if you're trying to use emojis, dude, but I don't. I don't think you can. I think you got to use the emoticon. But uh, yeah, I mean, appreciate you being here. A little plug for what your channel. Go check out their Three channel. Squares after this for is the over. talking balls pod. Three squares. <laughs> yep, that's their rating system that they just made up. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming again, and uh, glad the Rams are trash. Super Bowl flukes. <laughs> you said it. Not I me. wish Q was here. Uh, ooh, ooh. uh, but we'll, 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 just, we'll leave it up there for a second and it's, yeah. it's cool. Uh, uh, anyway. All right. Moving along to the next one here. We got to keep time here. Cause honestly, I got, I got a tournament to get to, uh, not too long here. So I'll pop this one off. Uh, but yeah, like I said, that one's going to come down to a narrative. As I say, they don't vote right after the season ends. So who's to say that a little postseason stuff doesn't leak in to their minds. And also, even if it's just stuff from the regular season, um, it definitely means a little bit more a couple weeks later. You've kind of been thinking about, man, that is incredible if one guy like made history or something. So yeah. uh, last one here I want to touch on. I mean, if we got some Niners fans in here, you're going to be happy about this one too because we got another guy in contention yeah. here for 2022 NFL Coach of the Year Award. Um, our guy is in second place if you're a Niners fan. But – I'll go in order. Nick Sirianni, what he's done with the Eagles is nothing short of incredible. Um, I'll do a victory lap real quick again. I called it early in the season that they were going to the playoffs. I thought they had too much talent. I thought it would work. I did not see them being as good as they've looked at times this season. Did not see them being in the one seed this late in the season. Uh, but I thought they'd be in the playoffs. And uh, I think Nick Sirianni, I, I was going to say they'll do it, you know, whether or not he's great. He's been great. He is a reason. He's the reason why they're not just on the cusp of playoffs and they're right at the top. Um, yeah. The other guys here, just to let you know, in case you weren't sure, uh, Kyle Shanahan uh, right behind him, really again, going to come down to this last week here uh, with the 49ers. And the last guy who's probably really in the race is Brian Dable uh, from the giants. Uh, again, turning around a franchise. So you kind of have two very similar stories and kind of turning around a franchise or say what you will about the Eagles. They, they were there not too long ago, kind of fell off. They've been turned around again since. And the Niners, different story altogether. Not a first-time head coach. Not a year-one head coach. This guy, I mean, he's got a different uh, narrative. That's the word of the day in these award things is narratives. 
Um, John, do you have anything to say about those three in particular? So uh, this is the this is what the NBA does too. And the thing I don't like about the Coach of the Year award is basically it's the same. It's it's, it's synonymous with uh, best year over year improvement of team award. Mm. That's like all it is, right? Like what team what like has improved the most year over year? Kyle Shanahan's the only one that like really breaks that mold here, right? Like Eagles, Giants, big turnarounds year over year. Dolphins, I think like that's definitely worth mentioning as well. Um, Kyle Shanahan, yeah, like the Niners weren't as good yes last year, but like they've already been contenders for a few years now. So um, yeah, and I don't know how much he had to do with the with the CMC trade. I'm sure he was part of it, but I would almost say Niners deserve front office of the year award for sure for pulling off that trade. Yeah, John Lynch for general manager of the year. Um, I would definitely second that. Yeah. Uh, I get the take on Shanahan. Uh, like I said, different category than the other two guys really um talking balls wants to say dan campbell maybe um i don't personally think he belongs in the top top tier here but yeah done a great job turning that around i think they've just ultimately not had quite the amount of success you really need on the team level to do it like john said it's kind of been synonymous with team success uh if you have john's take dan campbell's a much higher candidate on the list probably and i would honestly i wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be surprised to see a boost in Sean McDermott, uh, Zach Taylor, Mm. the way they handled stuff on Monday night. A lot of people are giving them flowers right now. Ultimately, I don't know if that'll be enough to really like skyrocket either one of them to the top of this list. I think it's a three-man race as well, and I think it's going to come down to last week of the season. So... Moving on. Niner Empire wants... He doesn't want want to play Green Bay in the first round. Rather see the Niners play Seattle again because Aaron is hard to beat when he's hot. Yeah, but we're kind of the like Aaron extinguisher. Yeah, too. I, I I think it doesn't matter. I think the Niners are just a lot better than the Pack. It's a, uh, you know, it's it's a tough world out. You're there. You're like, hey man, uh, hey man, like don't just go jinxing us. I hear you. But. I, I'm not going to say anything negative about the team. Uh, I think the Packers' story this year is incredible. Uh, but we have other stuff to talk about. We'll get to them as well in this. We got to shoot through this fast because I mismanaged the uh mismanaged the time a little bit so we're gonna have to go through this faster than i want to but that's okay so we're gonna hit this quick i have playoff scenarios on two other tabs here so we don't we, we'll talk about each one a little bit more but just a really quick look chiefs bills Bengals, chargers ravens already have their playoff berths in the hunt you got jags pats uh if the season ended today they'd be in teams on the bubble that can still get there uh, but they got an uphill battle, maybe. The Dolphins, the Steelers, the Titans. That's the AFC picture. Boom. NFC picture. The Eagles still in the one spot. The Niners in the two. Vikings three. Bucks four. Cowboys, Giants after them. One spot still available. If the season ended today, it'd be Seattle. Uh, and on the bubble still, a couple of teams that we, we've just talked about quite a bit. A lot, of, a lot of stuff going on in these teams right now, these eight and eight teams. Uh, this is where you find yourself when you're 500 at this point in the season. Uh, so the Lions and Packers have a shot at it as well. And here are going to be our playoff scenarios. Let's start in the AFC since we just did it. Um, okay, so for the Chiefs, if they win plus a Bills loss, or if the Bills lose two games, that'd be if the game is made up uh, with the Bengals. We won't go into that super deep, but if that happens and the Bills lose that game and their other game, plus the Bengals lose, then the Chiefs are the one seed. So uh, you can see some stuff needs to uh, fall the right way, but I don't think the Bills are going to play two more. So if the Bills lose and the Chiefs win, the Chiefs are going to be the one seed. Bills, if they do get that second game and they win both, then they're going to find themselves in the one seed. So, um, you know, I think everybody is kind of a part of, you know, uh, in, in spirit, a part of Bills Mafia right now. So, Honestly, I'd love to see them somehow find their way into that one seed, get that extra bye week so players can do what they need to do, get their mind off the game if they need to, but that would mean they have to play an extra game. So it, there's just a lot going on here. Uh, we'll run through this quick. John, feel free to just interrupt me outright because uh, I'm just trying to run through this quick and get us to our picks at the end. Uh, Bengals. If the Bengals win two and the Chiefs loss, uh, they will clinch. Well, this is written in. Oh, they'll clinch the one seed. So they still have a shot at the one seed. That's right. They're tied with the Bills right now because uh, they also have two games uh, that potentially could be played. It's a weird situation this year. Again, we can't really. They might make it. That'd be weird if they made it a tie, honestly, for Nanners Empire. Um, 
but who knows? You know, you never know what the NFL is going to do. Honestly, I'm not the guy who says the NFL handles stuff right normally. I actually think normally they make a cluster out of things. Uh, but so far, you know, the way we've heard stuff come out, it seems like the NFL has actually handled the situation pretty responsibly. So I don't want to drag them in this. I think whatever they decide to do may or may not be the right thing to do, but I don't think there is a right thing outright to do. So uh, AFC South uh, title, that's going to be the Jags, the Titans. Um, If the Jags win or tie versus the Titans, uh, they got it. Or, but the Titans have to win and take the title from the Jags as it sits now. So if they do, they'll get it. AFC North title, uh, Bengals, uh, the win tie versus the Bills, or they win versus the Ravens. Uh, again, a lot going on there. The number seven seed wild card Patriots clinch with a uh, win at Bills or Dolphins, uh, or, oh, sorry, or Dolphins loss versus Jets and Steelers loss versus Browns and Jags win versus Titans. So a three-legger there to make that happen. Uh, so they really should just beat the Bills. Uh, but who's not pulling for the Bills right now? So, sorry, Pats. Um, Dolphins, 8-8 eight and eight right now. They can clinch with a win versus the Jets, and Patriots lost to the Bills. So a little two-leg thing going on there. Steelers, uh, they are 8-8 eight and eight again, like the rest of these teams here, and they will clinch with a win versus the Browns, and Dolphins lost versus the Jets, and Patriots lost at the Bills. So another three-legger there. Uh, I'm running through the AFC especially fast because there's so many weird situations. It's hard to kind of dive too far into these. You never know what's going to happen now. Uh, Jaguars, 8-8. Eight and eight. They'll clinch with a loss versus the Titans and Dolphins loss and losses by Dolphins, Patriots, and Steelers. So another a four-legger on that one. Um, John, do you have anything to say about the AFC before we move on here? Yeah, I think uh, in, in a sense, I kind of like – I'm cheering against the Steelers here since I like had that take that they wouldn't make it. And now that they might, I'm like, no. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I think maybe Patriots or not Patriots and Patriots outside looking in Steelers outside looking in maybe Titans outside looking in. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's a terrible guess. Okay. So this one, uh, okay. This should be a little, okay. So this one's laid out a little bit differently. Um, you know, maybe we'll have to skip picks this week, John. I don't know if I managed the time well enough. Uh, got a little off my rocker on the solo. We can skip them. We've skipped them a couple times, so it's all right with me. I think I'm, I think I have one picks at this point. So I will say this, whether or not we get to do picks, I will at least show you how it ended up. Uh, because might not be how you thought. We'll see. Um, okay, so in the NFC, honestly, the division that I follow a little bit more, uh, being a Niners fan, the division that usually gets talked about a little bit uh, less like lovingly from a lot of the national media, I think. Um, here's where we're sitting. We got the Eagles here. Their next opponent is, is the Giants. This game is going to matter a lot. Uh, they can clinch the one seed. Well, they'll clinch the... the okay. So they'll clinch the NFC East division uh, with a win just beating the Giants, or if Dallas loses, they win the NFC West. That's not all they're playing for here. So they will also, they haven't won the one seed yet. That honestly would surprise most people, I think. There's a couple of teams that are that can still do it. Uh, but they can clinch the one seed if they win. So a big game for the Eagles. A lot of people would assume this late in the season, you know, maybe you're, you're resting some players. That's not going to happen here. They're going to try to win. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I've heard, is healthy or healthier. Seems like he's trending to play. Um, they're going to try to win this game, uh, and it'll just be all that easier for them to get the one seed as long as Dallas and or San Francisco loses. If they both lose, then the Eagles don't even have to win. They're the one seed. The Niners, my guys, uh, they will clinch the one seed if they win and Philadelphia loses. It's that simple. Um, they will otherwise be the two seed, uh, except for the Cowboys could pass them. So they'll be in the top three seeds. They're going to have, on paper, what should be a favorable matchup first round of the playoffs they'll play a playoff game at home um that all should happen uh next up the cowboys they'll clinch the nfc east division they will pass philadelphia which sounds crazy the way philadelphia has been playing this year they'll pass philadelphia if they win and philly loses they'll clinch the east and they can clinch the one seed if they win philly loses and san francisco loses too so the tiebreaker would be uh going san francisco's favor if they end up tied with san francisco record-wise so hopefully that makes sense to everybody. Moving on now, Seattle Seahawks. 
Um, yeah, don't know exactly why they're next up on this because uh, that's not in the playoff order right now. But they'll clinch a playoff berth if they win and Green Bay loses. So that's the way that they get in. They're a bubble team right now. They need Green Bay to lose, and they need to win. Uh, if they lose, I believe Green Bay is in. Um, the Lions, they need even more to happen. They need to win. They need Seattle to lose. Um, I guess I guess they would beat Green They have the tiebreaker over Green Bay, maybe? No. They'll, oh, there's another spot. There's still another spot. So Green Bay, if they win, they're in. Green Bay's in the you win. You said all that wrong. You, you switched the Lions and the, and the Packers like entrance so the so right. re-say the lions and the packers because that whole thing was confusing my apologies the lions if yeah. they are playing the packers so that makes it easier yeah. there will be a game against the lions and the packers if detroit wins then we know the packers lose so that clears things up a little bit they will have a better record than yep. the packers they would also need seattle to lose and they're in the lions would be in i mean uh green bay mm-hmm. they just need to win right. and they're in and again, Seattle, they need to win, and they need Green Bay to lose. So they're they're uh, Detroit Lions fans this week. Um, that's what we're looking at there mostly. Um, John, just to – I don't think we have time to do them, but I'm going to go ahead and show you this. I did figure out our, our uh, percentages over the season. Like you said, <laughs> we did not pick every, every week. Looks like we picked weeks uh, – we didn't start doing it until week three. We didn't realize that would be a good segment weekly, I guess. Uh, a little bit on me, maybe there. Um, we did do week four, week five, week six, week seven, week eight. We had a nice little run, fell off a little bit. Week 12, week 13, uh, week 15. And I have this one prepared for week 18, but we didn't get there. Maybe we'll do it off camera before the game start. Maybe we'll give the people an update. Maybe we still have a chance to, to switch things up a little bit. But you were correct. Of the season-long guys, you have the best winning percentage. And second highest in total wins, uh, because I think you missed one episode that I did not. So, yep, I'll, I'll say I'm, I'm the total. But it looks wins. like our our one our one time guest judge. Yeah, you are the total wins champion. Congratulations. And Q, who talked one time guest judge. Let's just say, uh, just to be uh, politically correct here on the YouTube algorithm, Q talked a mess, a mess. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he talked a lot of a lot of a lot of shit. You know, screw the algorithm. Um, Q. <laughs> You fell below the sixty percent mark. He was he was hot early, if you remember. Um, oh, didn't yeah. quite break that sixty. So it was that tie that did it to him. Uh, we all had that one. So I mean, obviously, you can't win or lose on a tie. Uh, the only one who didn't end up with a tie is Munt. Like you said, made one episode. Um, I just I just want to point out that that week that he showed it up, I also, week, and, I also went twelve and four. I just want. I was going to say, will there. you pull up that week? Will yeah, you pull that up would that week? be week. Uh, yeah, that was that week. 15. There it is. Yep. Yeah. How so did we all do? Twelve and four. I went ten and five. You went twelve and four. Uh, we all. So that's well actually that, that. That just goes to that, show it, how it much you're crushing it ahead of that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did well that week too. It's just not quite as well. Right. I mean, we couldn't. We didn't. Wait. How did I pick one less game that week? Mm, that's an interesting story. Oh, Ravens. There's a zero in the Ravens column there. Oh, that should be here. Sorry. Yep. So I went. I went ten, 10 and six. Yeah, My which is still guys. a fine week, but like, yeah, you guys, you guys did really well. That, so that was like I mean, just an easier week to pick that he showed up. I will say this in general, as a show, we got much. I mean, and this is not like supernatural. We got much better throughout the year. You learn more about the teams. It becomes a lot yeah. easier to pick the games. So, and you're not picking odds either. You know, we're not picking them to cover the spread, which makes it easier too. So I'm going to go ahead and I will say Munt, great job. Highest winning percentage at everybody on the show. I'm going to give the crown to you on this one, though, John. Uh, like I said, Munt, great job. Uh, but to jump in late in the season, not his fault. We're, we're just appreciative he could jump on and join us. Uh, he'll probably be back yeah. on a, an episode or two uh, at some point. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to give you your flowers there, John. Great picking. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I really wanted it for myself. Uh, let's hit a couple of hey, these I mean, total, win, total wins crown definitely matters. You know, total wins crown is impressive. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate you saying that. You know, I, I would have said the same thing <laughs> had it been you, dude. Um, okay, it looks like we don't have any actually new comments. So I'll just go ahead. Nope. And we're going to get on out of here because <laughs> your boy's got a cornhole tournament to get to. Uh, you know, hey, if you're watching this far into the episode, uh, let me know by dropping a comment on the actual video, not in the chat. I want to know if you play cornhole. 
uh that'll be like some extreme like internal language for the people who only watch this far into the video um so let's 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 add some cornhole <laughs> comments to this video i want to know who plays um but also if you've watched this far into the video i hope you enjoyed yourself and if you did enjoy yourself please hit the like button that would be the way to signify to us that you liked it um also you know if you feel like you want to come back and join us some other time hit the subscribe button because then you're going to start seeing a ton of our videos in your feed or at least when they uh when they come out you know YouTube's pretty good about overloading people with stuff. But if you really want to get in here like some of our guys today and join in on the comments during our live shows, click the bell icon because that's going to give you notifications every time we go live. And you're going to be able to jump in here. And on a slow day, we'll put just about any comment up on the screen. Not that they weren't all great comments today, guys. Appreciate them. Keep them coming. Uh, But hopefully we get to the point one day where there's too many to put up there. Uh, We'll have to cherry pick the good ones. So it's going to let's make a competitive uh, live chat more lively we always want to see that guys uh for myself and john over here whichever way he is over there uh this has been triple cross uh triple cross podcast we're gonna see you next time and until then you keep it real